When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Wow, it's a special evening when Bag Milk from Oilers Nation texts us the uh, 630-630 text line. I am Tickled Pink, Bag Milk. 7.06. Kyler Yamamoto back to junior, goes to Spokane. Brad Malone called up from the farm. Ty Raddy has four goals in the last two games for the Condors. Uh, somebody texted in asking why uh, he's not been called up. Uh, I, I think they just uh, see Malone as a little more accustomed to the uh, NHL game and uh, a little more able to play that checking style that they want. Though it does beg the question, who's going to be the second line right winger tomorrow? I wonder if uh, Slepyshev is going to be able to play. That'll be something to watch for at the morning skate. Bob Stoffer will have lineup updates for you on Oilers now, noon to 2, and we got an early face-off show tomorrow coming on at 3.30. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It is 7.07, and uh, unfortunately, a season came to an end for a local sports team on the weekend, though in some ways it was a season to be encouraged by. I'm pleased to welcome back to the show Chris Morris, the head coach of the U of A Golden Bears football team. Chris, thanks for making time for me. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Reed. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing well, and I uh, was following your playoff game with interest on the weekend, and I was happy to say that the Golden Bears football team did make the playoffs. Before we get into what happened against Calgary, Chris, at one point, you guys were 0-4. You've had several tough seasons in recent history. It looked like it might be another one. You won three of your last four, and your only loss was in overtime. What turned it around midseason, Chris? You know, honestly, the leadership of the kids we have there, the kids that have been with me for five years, they, they, they really, really started to pull everyone together, and they did a really good job with it. You know, we did a lot of work with... with uh, just building the core of our team over the last five years, and I think the kids, the kids have always been all on board as far as what we're doing and understanding the process and all that. And when we started 0-4, I can still remember after the after the uh, the third of those losses, pulling up the film and saying, and just watching about 20 plays and saying, "Boys, like I, you know," I, and I I said it exactly like this: "I'm not a rocket scientist, but when you play this hard, you're going to win some games." And then it just started turning. We started making less mistakes, and we, we kept playing as hard as we were. And, you know, I'll tell you, like, we had every opportunity to win that game on the weekend against Calgary. And they're, you know, they're going to be right up there to win the Vanier Cup this year. And that's the, that's the one good thing about in Canada West. Once you're good enough to win in Canada West, you're pretty close to being good enough to win the whole thing. So that was a very encouraging day for us. You know, we played them two weeks ago, and, and you know, beat them pretty good. So we're right up there now, and it's. Uh, I think we've turned the corner. we got some really, really good mature kids who understand what it takes now, I think, and that it was a learning opportunity for us over the weekend, but a shame, too, because I think we could have gone a little further. 
So that game wound up 39-22 for the Dinos. Uh, I think it was either 19-19 or 16-16 in, in the third quarter. Uh, what, what allowed them to ultimately pull away in the end, Chris? Yeah, well, you know, we were, we were within a touchdown with three minutes left, and we had the ball. And then we, we, kicked, we kicked the ball. We kicked a field goal, but we hit the upright. And then they took over with two minutes and something left, and they had a long drive, and then they, they, they had a third and short where we, we had him, actually. We had a, a guy grab the kid in the backfield, but we just slipped away, and then he bounced outside for a 40-yard touchdown. And then we, we fumbled the next kickoff. So really it was a seven-point game with, like, two minutes left. So I know the score doesn't look great, but it was, it, like, we were right there. So it's, yeah, it's unfortunate that it ended the way it did. It's, uh, boy, it was, you look, at the, you look at the tape, and we've watched it extensively the last couple of days. We had every every opportunity to be to win that game so it's it's just unfortunate U of A Golden Bears football coach Chris Morris joining us on Inside Sports. Their season ended on Saturday with a Canada West semifinal loss to the Calgary Dinos. Chris, I, I expect that later this week Ed Elnicki will be named the most outstanding player in Canada West and uh, I, his name's been tossed out there as a Heck Crichton candidate as well. I mean he averaged almost 200 yards a game rushing the obvious question, but I got to get the coach's take on it. What can you say about Ed's season? Well, he's the best player in the country. Like I, he's, uh, he's everything that's good about university athletics. He's an act, four-time academic All-Canadian. Does great things in the community. Tough, tough as nails player. Hasn't missed a game. I can't remember the last time he missed a game. Can't remember the last time he missed a practice. And he leads, and he does everything right. So he's just, you know. You look at his film, like we put together his all-Canadian film and his Heck Creighton film over the last few days, and there's not one element of the game that he doesn't do at a very, very high level. So he's going to be tough to beat out for that award. Like it's, you know, he's a special, special player. It's been a privilege coaching him. We're going to really miss him. All right, Tris, uh, tell me what's on your priority list here for the next couple of weeks now that the, the games are over. Well, we're recruiting already like crazy. Like we started signing guys during the season still. Like it's not really, if you're not coaching, you're recruiting. And if you're not recruiting, you're losing games. So it's, uh, we're trying to get some guys in. We got some guys signed already from the Huskies here. The Huskies have done a great job turning their program around and getting some really good things going. And, you know, the kids that play a few years there are then ready to come play for us when they're ready to go to school. And we signed a couple of kids out of there already. Um, we, find, we signed, you know, the core of our team is always going to be with high school guys. So we signed about, you know, 10, 10 to 12 really, really good high school kids as well. Over the next couple of months, we have to solidify the recruiting class. We, you know, we're going into Saskatoon and we're going into into Regina and into BC over the next little bit here to uh, to talk to some outer province kids and and just keep working at that because really it's that's you know university athletics is about recruiting. Like you got to get got to get the kids in when they're young and you got to get the right kind of kids. So that's our priority now. Well, Chris, I got to say from uh, interviews I did this season with Ed Nicky and, and Tyler Henry, they were absolutely a pleasure to talk to and, and a credit to your program. Uh, I know you didn't get as deep as you wanted, but glad to see the Golden Bears football team getting back into the playoffs. Thanks for connecting with us tonight, Chris. I appreciate you having me on, Reid. Thanks very much. Right on. That's Chris Morris, head coach of the Golden Bears football team, who uh, yeah hung in there against a pretty good Dinos team, beat them badly to get into the playoffs, and then, uh, as Chris said, just kind of uh, ran out of gas, didn't make a big play at the end of the game, and lost to the Dinos. Got a text here from uh, Glennie who says, uh, Hi, Reid. Does the CFL come into play when uh, Canadian NHL teams make their schedules. This Sunday and Grey Cup Sunday, there are Oilers games which will overlap with the CFL playoffs. Uh, you would think that they would try to make the league schedule so they don't conflict with each other. That is from Glennie. Uh, Glennie, I, I'm going to have to look into that a little more. I am pretty sure, though, that Canadian NHL teams request not to have a home game during the Grey Cup 
But yes, this year the Oilers do have a road game during the Grey Cup. And last year, both the Flames and Senators were playing road games while the Red Blacks and Stampeders played uh, in the Grey Cup. I'll tell you this, and I think we got to be realistic. As much as uh, I love the Canadian Football League, I think we have to be realistic that the NHL probably doesn't really care what the CFL is doing schedule-wise. They got 82 games to schedule for each team. If uh, if teams say are you know teams will give a list of available dates. So if the Oilers, Flames, Canucks, and whoever all say our building is not available on Great Cup Sunday, they're not going to give them a home game. But if they need to schedule a game where there's a Canadian team in an American city on Great Cup Sunday or, or during the game, then I, I really don't think the NHL is going to worry about that. I, I think that's, that's just a reality. Super Bowl, they don't schedule any games during the Super Bowl. They usually have games matinees before the Super Bowl. Um, but, uh, yeah, Glenny, I think that's just the reality of that one. Quickly here, uh, here's Wally Buono on the CFL playoffs and changing the format. Without being disrespectful to anything, you know, I, I, I just don't believe today the East-West thing is what it was, say, 20, 30 years ago. I think with technology today, with uh, you know, the fact that everything is national, everything is global, uh, everybody gets to see all the games, uh, you know, the... Great Cup in Ottawa is already sold out. It doesn't matter who the participants are. Uh, you know, I, I think the tradition uh, is probably has more and more value than than um, anything else. And I, I'm, I'm like you. You know, you you should you should uh, you know excellence should be rewarded. You know, and if you're this, the way I would look at it is, I think you always have the first place team in the East, first place team in the West get a bye, and then you look at the next board, next four best teams. That, that's, to me, I would be uh, in favor of that because it still keeps that East-West connection for the traditionalists, and I think you've got to respect the traditions of the CFL. But then also, too, uh, you know, the next four teams, whether they're all Eastern teams or all Western teams, should have the ability to play. So that's Wally Buono, and offering perhaps a bit of a compromise that you could have the East and West first place teams get a bye, uh, but after that, you would rank teams three through six. I would just prefer to have overall standings, but Buono's certainly very open to the change. I want to remind you that some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Enjoy a cold craft beer or a great glass of bourbon with modern soul food and other tasty treats at Northern Chicken, 10704 124th Street. I got some takeout from Northern Chicken for the Eskimos game on Saturday. Hit the spot. A little bit more on the New York Islanders with their play-by-play voice, Chris King, when we get back. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Well, we had Jordan Eberle on the show earlier. If you ever miss anything, you can go to the Inside Sports page on 630Ched.com. You can also sign up for the Inside Sports podcast on iTunes. Chris King is the radio play-by-play voice of the Islanders. Chris, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Reed. Always great to talk hockey with you. Yeah, good to catch up with you. We usually do this uh, twice a year, whenever the Oilers and the Islanders <laughs> play. So, uh, so here we go. Maybe a bit of a a denser storyline, though, with these two teams, given the the trade that happened in the summer. So, I'll start with the obvious question: Take us through Jordan Everly's season so far with the New York Islanders. 
Yeah, you know, I would say he started a bit slow. Um, he didn't score any goals in his first 10 games, but he has, you know, been piling up the assists. He had six assists in that span, but of late, uh, he's really started to find the back of the net quite often. In fact, he has four goals in his last four games, and a, a pair of those are two-goal games. Had a two-goal game last night uh, in, in the 6-4 win at home over the Colorado Avalanche, and also a two-goal game down in Nashville. So, I think really the move off the top line has helped uh, Jordan Eberle relax a little bit. He played those first 10 games on the top line with John Tavares and Anders Lee, and Doug Waite uh, decided to mix it up a little bit and put him with a young center and 20-year-old Matt Barzell and another veteran winger and Andrew Ladd, and he really has you know, seemed to find his groove skating with those two now with those four goals in the last four games. So you know, I know it's going to be emotional for Jordan as it will be for Ryan Strom as well as they each uh, you know, face their former teams for the first time tomorrow night in Brooklyn. You know, Ryan Strom has uh, had some good games for the Edmonton Oilers, and like a lot of guys on the roster, he struggled, hence the Oilers, since the Oilers' uh, slow start. But but give us a sense of what you saw from Strom while he was an Islander and maybe what you expect from him uh, now that he's an Oiler. I mean, incredible skill level. You know, there's no doubt about that, Reed. You can't get away from, you know, uh, the skill that he possesses, and, and he shows you flashes of brilliance. But, I mean, it's the inconsistency, I think, you know, that, that you've seen in Edmonton as well that, that can be uh, just baffling sometimes. You know, he went through stretches with the New York Islanders where, you know, he got sent back to the American Hockey League to spend some time with the Bridgeport Sound Tigers to try to find his game, and then he would come back, and, you know, he would tear it up for a little bit and then go back into that funk again. So I think, you know, he's still a very young player, and, and eventually when he finds his game I think he's going to be a terrific player but it's just trying to find that consistent level and you know make those flashes of brilliance more a regular thing and kind of eliminate those lulls that he certainly went through in his four years as a New York Islander Chris King play-by-play voice for the New York Islanders joining us tonight inside sports on 630 Chet setting up tomorrow's game between the Oilers and the Islanders another uh, uh, ex-Oiler connection for the the Islanders is the head coach Doug Waite Uh, give us a sense of his impact behind the bench and uh, how has he sort of gelled with the players? Yeah, I, I think it's been great, Reed. You know, you go back to last season, and uh, the Islanders were midway through the year, and they were a 500 team. That's exactly where they were, NHL 500. Um, so Garth Snow fired Jack Capuano and gave the head coaching job to Doug Waite. Well, over the final 40 games of the season, the team was 12 games over 500. They won their final six games of the regular season and finished one point out of a playoff spot. So Doug takes over, you know, for the first time this year as a head coach to start a season. And they struggled a little bit at the start of the year, but as of now, they've won six of their last eight games, uh, especially at home where they've been terrific. They've won four in a row and 5-0-1 at Barclays Center. Really seem to find their groove, but I mean, you remember him from his playing days there and, and you know, he's such a, a player's guy, such a, a media-friendly guy as well. We love dealing with him from the radio side and uh, just, I think the players, uh, you know, give him so much respect for what he's done throughout his great career. He's in the United States, you know, Hockey Hall of Fame. He won a Stanley Cup with the Carolina Hurricanes and, uh, you know, he just makes sure that if there's going to be a situation where a player is not playing he's meeting individually with that player every single day to to make sure they know why they're not in the lineup and uh, just a real good players coach is how I would best describe Doug Wade and and obviously he thinks the game so well uh, and you know that he hasn't lost anything in that department as far as you know the X's and O's goes from a coaching standpoint. Chris, I, I think I've asked you this every year, first before you guys moved into the arena, and now uh, sometimes we hear things out here about uh, a little more uncertainty going on. Well, what is happening with the Islanders and Barclays Center? What's going to be the Islanders' home rink maybe in two, five, ten years down the road? 
Yeah, it's a very, very complicated situation, Reed. The best I can lay it out for you is uh, for sure the Islanders will play there all of this season and for sure all of next season. That we know. Um, but the owner of the New York Islanders, one of the co-owners, John Ledecky, has put in a bid to build a brand-new arena in Nassau County, actually right on the New York City border, uh, where Belmont Racetrack is, where they have the Belmont every year, the great, uh, you know, the third and final leg of the Triple Crown. Um, right now, uh, bids have been submitted by three different groups, including the Islanders, to try to you know, win the right to build on that property and give the Islanders a brand new home. And that's John Ledecky's entire focus right now. All the eggs are in that basket. Um, the bids have been submitted. Uh, new York State is in charge of you know, determining who gets to develop that land. And they have not given any type of timetable as to when they'll announce you know, which group is going to get the rights to build on that land. But that is the hope of the new ownership group of the New York Islanders, that they will be the group selected. They will have a chance to build a brand new state-of-the-art facility that's geared toward the Islanders. And the hope is, you know, if they get the word soon enough, they could be playing there as soon as the start of the 2020-2021 season. Interesting. All right. Another thing to keep an eye on. Hey, Chris, it's always great to catch up with you. Enjoy the game. Oilers and Islanders coming up. Going to be fun. Thank- yeah, thanks so much, Reed. Always great talking with you. And we'll do it again when we come to Edmonton. Absolutely. Chris King, radio play-by-play voice for the Islanders. That game's on Ched tomorrow, 3.30 in the afternoon for the face-off show. The game will start at 5. Oilers have sent Kyler Yamamoto back to junior. Brad Malone is up from the farm. NHL tonight in the third period. Boston leads Minnesota 4-2. Golden Knights and Toronto are tied 3-3. Blue Jackets and Rangers tied 3-3. Coyotes and Capitals tied 2-2. After the first, the Jets lead the Stars 3-0. Red Wings and Canucks play later on. Monday Night Football, three minutes left in the first half. Detroit 7, Green Bay nothing. Besides Chris King, you heard from Golden Bears football coach Chris Morris, our Eskimos analyst Blake Dermott, and Islanders forward Jordan Eberle. Morley Scott is up next with Eskimos coach Jason Moss. They're getting ready for the playoffs. They're going to Winnipeg. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. The studio producer is Patrick Bauer. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been Inside Sports on 630 Chat.